I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is episode 20 of the T-Row and Funky Show. Yes, we did make it this far. Brought to you, as always, by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built. And as always, I'm with uh, my two-time NCAA champion co-host, Tommy Rowlands. What's up, Tommy? What's up, brother? I appreciate the correct pronunciation of the last name. And sadly, as I'm sure our viewers can hear, I left my professional speaker um, at my office. So I'll be calling in today like a guest. So I apologize. <laughs> no big deal. And... Uh, you know what, Tommy? I actually thought about the pronunciation today because I, I can't. I was doing an interview for my upcoming fight, and I'm pretty sure I said it wrong. And I'm like, Ugh, I hope Tommy doesn't know this interview because I'm pretty. <laughs> What'd you sure. say? What'd you say? You do a podcast with Tommy Rollins? Yes, I said Tommy Rollins again. It just comes. It comes more naturally to me, so I got to make an effort to say Rollins. Uh, <laughs> no, but the one guy was actually he's from England, and he was talking about our podcast and how much he liked it, and he doesn't he doesn't even know folk style wrestling. Uh, at awesome. all, but you know, I knew, of, I knew, I knew we would go global eventually. Then sooner than you thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't. You know, I don't want to. This is. Uh, we don't talk about uh, you very much, but you're one of the top MMA fighters in the world. You fight for a really well-known, reputable Asian promotion. So you're going to Asia any day now, right? Yeah. So th- this will actually be the last podcast i do stateside so the next one we do will be on opposite side of the uh, opposite sides of the clock uh you know i don't really have a too much of a schedule on them over there so i'm sure i'll be able to fit it into whatever works for you uh right but yeah because next week we'll be talking about and sadly sadly I'm, i missed the ncaa this year and i missed the trials so this is this, you know it's been a terrible year for me but tommy i will tell you today um I did book a vacation rental for the NCAA championships next year. So in um, St. Louis, yeah, I stayed in it last year in 2014. Um, it was within walk. It's within, you know, it's not a super close walk, but it's definitely walking distance, probably less than a mile of uh, this. I don't know what it's, it's been. Savas Scott Trade. I don't know what the hell the building's name is right now, uh, right? Because it's been seven different things, but within walking distance, uh, and you invited some AWA folk. Invited my brother. Uh, so you know, next year is ex- it's really exciting. Missouri's gonna have a great team, and I, I realized how great of a team Missouri's gonna have. But I didn't realize, and we kind of hit on this last week, how good of a team everybody else is gonna have. Oh yeah, it's, it's gonna be like, wild, man. It's it's gonna be even. There's gonna be even more parity next year than this year. Yeah, I mean, really, between those those top five, I would say. So in my in my opinion, it's Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa, Virginia Tech, and Missouri. Are the you know the real big guns next year? Um, you left out the Cowboys. They're not. I don't think they're going to be that good. You know, people might skewer me, but you know they lost Mars and they lost Derringer. Uh, they lost uh, the little twenty-five pounder. You know, I know he didn't score any. Yeah, points, but, but they, he's they still, added still a Yeah, but okay. You know the thing that people are forgetting about, like Willie was doing this the other day, and I think it's a mistake. But he was saying. Well, they're going to have this superstar at this weight next year, right? But when he's saying it for every team, they all can't score big points, right? So, for example, Tommy, at 65, he said, uh, well, Iowa's getting Marinelli. Well, Penn State's getting Mark Hall. Well, Chandler Rogers will be at 65. Well, Isaiah Wade's going to be at 65, right? They all can't right. score huge points. I mean, when you're considering that Isaac Jordan and Daniel Lewis are the two top returners, so they're likely to score a lot of points. You have a few. You have two other returning All Americans, and then I just named four guys that you're saying are going to be big name guys, right? Well, if it sticks, one of those guys is going to score eighth place points, which is not too relevant, right? You know, it's no, something. So when you're considering, like, you know, I don't. And when I saw, I think Shane Sparks was telling me to say, well. Cornell's going to be great because of this, 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 and this. And I said, okay, you have some for sure things, right? Like Derringer's a for sure finalist. Zane's a for sure finalist, right? 
But then you got these guys who are, say, 3 through 12. Some of them are going to make it, and some of them aren't going to make it. And that's just how it is. So you can't count them all for points. You just can't do it. I would say that... And that's what Penn I think about State, Ohio State. Penn State, or, sorry, Penn, State, Penn State, and then Ohio State. They have the most bona fide, for sure type guys that are going to score you know, 16 or more team points, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think... Obviously, Ohio State, if Snyder comes back, which I keep saying is an if, um, I think they have, uh, you know, the three NCAA champions. I think Penn State's got Rutherford and Nolf, which are huge point guys, but they did lose McIntosh and Megaludis. Uh, you could argue, you could argue that ben, Bo Jordan is more of a bona fide point scorer at the national tournament than Miles Martin. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Miles Martin's going up to eighty four, so that's kind of a new water for him. Um, you know, so we'll see how he does there. Iowa has three returning finalists and two other returning All-Americans, uh, which is huge. Uh, Missouri has a return. It's, it's huge or huge? It's huge. <laughs> and, you know, they, they plug in a couple freshmen. Uh, Missouri's got a returning two-time national champion and three other All-Americans as well as. Um, Who are the three other? So you got Willie Miklas, who's a two-time All-American. you got LeVon Mays, who's a two-time All-American. And you have... Um, Daniel Lewis, who took fourth this year, behind three, you know, behind Bo Isaac as and a Deringer. freshman. As a freshman, you know, that's amazing, Ben. That's amazing. So, who else do they have? Because I didn't know. Yeah. I, I would. I do think. I, I didn't. I, at first, I thought maybe you're being a little bit of a homer, but after hearing that, yeah, yeah I mean, they're they're they are in the hunt. Well, obviously, they had Barlow McGee, who was round to twelve, and who in the court who lost to someone who he had beaten nine to five the previous week. So he's a guy that you know it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see him get in the top eight. And you know he beat Ryan Milhoff also, um, so like you wouldn't be shocked to see him get in there uh, at one thirty three. I think they have a great red shirt named Jaden Ironman. Uh, he's beaten a lot of really good guys. He, he whooped Cade Brock at the senior all star when they were both in high school. Um, so I think you can see him coming and doing some damage. And then you had, obviously, you had number five, Matt Manley, who scored zero points because he had a, I don't know if it was a torn LCL and MCL, or, you know, it was some kind of torn something on the knee that he uh-huh. did at the MAC championship. So he scored zero points. At 157, you have uh, Joey Lavalle coming off redshirt, who, who was a round of 12 guy. So that's a round of 12 guy that's coming back into the lineup after a redshirt year. Um, you know, so things are looking really bright. Yeah, for that. no, that's, that's pretty impressive. So we've got Penn State, um, Ohio State, Mizzou, and Iowa. I have pre-qualified as in the hunt. Virginia Tech. Is no, Virginia also... Tech is pre-qualified too. They're, they're oh yeah, in it. oh yeah, okay. no doubt. I, I just forgot. They're no doubt. Pre- well, they got five returning All-Americans. Six plus six, don't they? Is it six? Well, I, six okay, I, guess, I guess depends on whether you count Dance as an All-American this year because the All-American the previous year, correct? Right, right, right. And then who's the other guy? Um, well, they lost Bruschetta, and then Zvatsky did an All American there at eighty four. Yeah, so they, really so tough. they so yeah, so they've got six returning All Americans. If you include Dance as one, which I think you should, just like Ohio State had three national champs because Tomasello won it last year, mm-hmm. and then Zvatsky. Yeah, there's, so there's five teams right there. Any one of those five, it would not shock me if they won. Not at all. Is there anyone else you can put in there? You know, I think Penn State is kind of dependent on some new guys, some new talent, which sometimes turns out great, sometimes it doesn't turn out great, right? Because you got Suriano, who's coming right out of high school, who's a stud, but sometimes you don't know how that transition goes. And he he should be really good, but you you never know, right? Chance Marsteller is going to be the next coming, and, well, he scored zero NCAA points to this time. So, um, you know, and then you got Jared Cortez, another guy coming off of – a red shirt and a transfer coming in at 33, who's supposed to be and is very good, but you never know how it's going to pan out. You just don't until it does. Is not with fair? the freshmen. Not with the freshmen. They, there's not very many times where they arrive and it's just like, you know, before they even grace the mat, you know, you know, it's going to be something special. Mark Hall is approaching that status, but yeah. By the same token, there's been guys as good as Mark Hall that have struggled in their first year. Yeah, no, hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know, Damian Hahn, Damian Hahn, he still had a good freshman year. Don't get me wrong, but he got fifth. It wasn't like he scored a million points against the Wizards. There's been guys that have come out with the same acclaim that Mark Hall has, and they didn't just set the world on fire. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I don't know if you remember. You know, someone like Zach Esposito did an All American as a freshman. He was he was a two seed going in NCAs. 
Well, and, the uh, biggest reason he didn't All-American is because he was sucking so much weight. You think that's what was? I think so, and he fell apart at the end of the year. But yeah. anyways, because he, he, that first half of the year, he was on fire. Yeah, and you know, I graduated fire. high school the same year as him, and he was so good in high school. But And then he won, won an NCAA title, so obviously he became... He, you know, he came back, but you never, you just never know with those freshmen. You never know what's going to happen between leaving home and cutting weight and injuries and the everything. grind of the season. I mean, it's it's, it's one thing, season. you know, these high school guys. When you're a blue chip recruit, you have one or two matches every six or so months. You get into that Big Ten, Big Twelve, or just any really college schedule, and every Friday and Sunday you got to get up for a match, and it seems like it never ends. That wears on you just as much, if not more, than the cutting weight. Yeah, I, I agree, hundred um, percent. Okay, so yeah, I so I bottom line, I got my place booked for next year. I'm freaking ready. I'm gonna do a little VRBO action too. I think that makes sense. Tommy, there's one that's like literally a block away from the one that I booked. It's a really cool area. You should go ahead and book that. Should I send it to you? We can do we can do a live podcast every night. <laughs> that's a, I actually it's not that bad of an idea, Tommy. And uh, I almost considered asking. Uh, our editor, what it would take to do that. Because I don't know if you know about, you know what Joe Rogan does? No. So Joe Rogan does this thing, and I think Flo might have done it for the NCAA Finals this year, but he does this thing called Fight Companion. And so you turn the volume off of whatever UFC event is happening. Oh, I right? listen. I, I was driving my daughter home from a tennis tournament, and I listened to the NCAA Finals on Flo okay. off of my phone, and it was incredible. Okay, so Willie and uh, Willie and Christian Pyle, they were so good. And then I obviously went, when I got home, I watched the Snyder match live, and then I rewatched the finals when I got home, and it was just terrible compared. To, I mean, I, I would rather listen. Ooh. This yeah. is no exaggeration, Ben. Yeah, I would rather listen to Willie and CP than watch the finals with the broadcast. No, no, that was that's an exaggeration. That's <laughs> gotta be, a be bit of an, an exaggeration. exaggeration. But you got my point. That's that's a very big compliment for William CP. I mean, that, they were good, man. Well, you know, I mean, as much yeah. as I want to compliment them because they did a good job, you know, I'm complimenting them because they were great. But at the same time, you know why they were great? It's uh, because it's like you were in the living room with your buddies watching the finals, yeah. Instead of these cheese balls with these cheesy <laughs> comments, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I kind of always wondered, like, does ESPN give them? I, I you know I did work as a, uh, an analyst for like I don't know it was like an hour at one of the NCAs for ESPN but for these main guys I always wonder if they like try to give them some structure on what they want them to say uh, because it like you said it is kind of cheesy sometimes and it's very generic and you know for for what it's worth I don't think that there's a huge percentage of non wrestling fans watching the finals I think it's mostly right. wrestling fans so they should cater. And that's probably why you liked William CP because they didn't put any fluff around it. They just told you how it was and what was going on, and probably had a lot of insight because they're so familiar with the the athletes that are. In yeah, the and just the the athletes, you know, it's it's kind of like you and I. We follow the sport so closely that I I would not need to do any research for the NCAA finals. Now yeah. maybe maybe for like the quarters, I'd have to read up on so who's this Terrell guy from American and this and that, but like. The research, here's the research I would have had to do for the finals, you know, uh, Bryce Meredith, you know, polish up on his background a little bit, and yeah. that's kind of it, you know what I mean? And, and these guys, I think, 16 out of the 20 finals, everyone besides Snyder and Gwiz, they didn't know who they were till the day before, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so, can I make one comment that I forgot to make like three weeks ago? Make it. <laughs> I just make thought, it. You know, I got ADHD, so I can't I focus. Hey, remember we were talking about Fresno State, and I said you need to draw a freaking fence around the Fresno area and just keep everyone home? Yeah. Okay, did I tell you about Bakersfield? No. Okay, so I heard this statistic. I can't confirm it's true, but someone told me this, and I know well, I, I know for a few of them, because I recruited a few of them, that it is true. When I was at Arizona State, that's how, how long ago that was. So, okay, so Bakersfield had six NCAA qualifiers. Apparently, all six of them... We're from Bakersfield High School. Is that freaking insane? You're out of your mind. I swear to God, that's what they said. This you, year? This year, they had six, and they did have six NCAA qualifiers. I looked that up. And I know the Hammer Brothers are out of Bakersfield. Um, they said six NCAA qualifiers. All of them were from Bakersfield High School. That's what they said. I'm going to look it up now. 
That's incredible. <laughs> that's freaking incredible, right? And that, that was kind of the point I was trying to make with Fresno State is the talent is there. I mean, it really is. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, if you think, I mean, even though Ohio State is in, is in a golden age for the program compared to the first 90 years, Think of think of all the Ohio kids that placed for other schools if they were oh, wrestling God. for the Buckeyes. Just, just enough. that's enough already. <laughs> well, I mean, you could say the same thing about PA, but they won the national title sure. too. But and that's, you know and what, I mean? that's but what that's what Kale's done. He's kept the guys home. He takes he his pick the guys every he year. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Adam Fierro's from Bakersfield. AJ Fierro's Bakersfield. Bryce Hammond Bakersfield. Coleman Hammond, Bakersfield. Who's that? Who's are the qualifiers? Ian Nickel, Bakersfield. Who else is a qualifier here? I don't have them all memorized, but that's either way. It kind of looks like they mostly are. That's amazing. It's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Impressive. That's impressive. Wow. Hey, you want to hear another stat? Not to get too much of an Ohio. I love. I love. Oh, geez, not about Ohio. <laughs> you know, even even if I wasn't from Ohio, this is a cool stat. Sure. Um. And I don't know the. It's either twenty six years in a row or thirty six years in oh, a row. Oh, I, I know. Saint Edwards Saint has Ed had an All American in D one. That's that's freaking. Impressive. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, right? Yeah, no, that that's great. I mean, wow. Um, and what if anyone else? Like, you think Blair is somewhere close to there? They they you know they had. had well, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Blair's had a better twelve year run the past twelve years than Ed's has, no doubt. But when you look at it, it's 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 the it's the length of it. It's like thirty some years, you know. Every year they get a D one All American yeah. for a high school program. That's amazing. Super amazing. Yeah, that's wow. That's pretty big. Um, yep. So St. Edwards needs to have uh, St. Edward needs to have its own high school or college program. They should just send them to Cleveland State. Make Cleveland State great again. <laughs> right? They could do that. St. Paris Graham could have a college team right now too. Who would St. Paris Graham? Okay, I don't know if you, you know enough to give me this, but who's their lineup right now? You got you got Jordan Jordan Taylor. Uh, you got you got um, who else? Got, I'm not familiar with them. Well, that, that's a lot of team points right there. If you go, you got oh, you got well, Jordan 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 Ryan. Oh, Taylor. Micah Jordan. Duh. Three. Yeah, Jordans. Jordan 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 Ryan Taylor Nick Bruschetta. Oh man! The, the, okay, so you bump Bo up to seventy four, and they're they're kind of in the hunt right now. They'd be pretty good. It would be pretty good. I think there's a couple others. They, they could field a squad. Yeah, and I always find that funny that you know St. Paris Graham. Um, you know, obviously, I think when you you're coached by a certain people, you're kind of going to be influenced to go to certain colleges. But that Eric Alex Marinelli's broken off, and you know he's going to Iowa. Um, David Taylor went to Penn State. There's a big connection to Wisconsin. There's a big connection to Ohio State. I think that's really interesting. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. And I would think that, you know, I would think that that some of those, you know, alumni of that high school would have more influence in pulling people certain places. Like David Taylor would be like, no, you're coming to Penn State. That's all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. No, it's, it's pretty balanced out, I would say. Yeah, they really spread the love. That's right, baby. Big time. So what do we got on tap? We've just been BSing live. That's what minutes. that's what our show is, really. We just BS. <laughs> um, nothing. So we just had season recap, which, you know, we kind of just did a little. And then we, we were going to give out some awards. Um, and, you know, so this season I thought uh, I thought was fantastic. We are, we're gonna do, these are going to be real awards, too. We're going to create plaques. We're going to send it to the guys. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I thought one of the things we could review was uh, the rule changes because that was pretty good, pretty hotly contested coming into the season. And and frankly, um, at times their application is in question. But I think yes. that is user error more than anything. Overall, I thought, and like I said, guys, don't get me wrong, there there has been user error by the referees. But I thought overall the rule changes were pretty solid. The four point near fall. You know, it's kind of whatever. I always thought a three-point near fall was a big deal, but four points even bigger deal. Um, but overall, I thought it was good rule changes. What did you think? I think so, too. I mean, I've got a lot of beef with the user error, to your point. I mean, we saw it in the finals with Nishan and Corey Clark. We saw it in a number, number of other matches that became somewhat of an issue when it couldn't have been. But overall, I think you saw more action this year, especially even at the national tournament in the later rounds, quarter semis and finals, 
and you have to say that the application of the rules had something to do with that. So yeah, I think I think overall success. Um, overall, we should continue to make it better, though. Um, I think it's the right direction. I, th- I think I think we saw a lot more scoring at the upper weights this year because of it. Um, there's a lot of things you we can go deep down into it, but I think it was I think it was overall a success. So I you know I mentioned a few positions last week that I would like to see be called differently. You know the one where the bottom guys on the edge, um, guys on their knees. I think could be called a little more aggressively. Um, so under the stalling bylaws, what the what they are now under the rules. Um, is there any positions that you're especially annoyed with or that you think should be really emphasized upon? Another one that I brought up last week was when a guy is repeatedly dropping into the leg, but maybe only staying there for four seconds, but they keep going down there. It's really freaking annoying. Just call them for stalling, right? Um, no doubt. And one rule that, not rule, but one thing I hate, and I don't think you can make it a rule because it's so interpretive that, that it, it can never be truly enforced, but just one thing I hate about the way people wrestle is that when a guy is completely beat dead to rights on a leg attack and he defensively has enough skill to scramble for a stalemate, but he doesn't, he, he, his, his entire intention to scramble is to stalemate the yeah. position mm-hmm. and not score. And there's guys out there where all they're doing is trying to latch on and stalemate it. Um, that snaps me. That yeah. really, really snaps me, and it's—I I, I don't think I'm doing a good job of explaining. But I think you know. No, no, I know exactly it. what you're saying. Um, and and I know, feel like I feel like that's stalling. I, when you get beat, when you get completely outmaneuvered in in, in folk style, it's one thing. Yeah, you got yeah. beat, but if you can if you can get creative and cause a flurry of action that is exciting to watch, and you wind up on top fifty percent of the time, or or even if you don't wind up on top, he scores. That's okay with me. But if you can somehow manipulated position to a stalemate you need to be penalized for that yeah and you know what some of this is i I think a lot of it has actually been reduced because of the instantaneous takedown stuff um right i think that has reduced uh, the amount of scrambling you see which you know i'm a scrambler so i i I don't really love those instantaneous takedowns but um, it definitely reduces that and to your point about some guys aren't skilled enough to uh to score off it, yeah, a hundred percent, and you know, but you can't blame the athlete because oh, your other choice is give up points, right? So you're going to try to do something. I think that you would open a can of worms because I, I think refs, you know, have, we were talking about having a hard enough time calling basic stalling, but now when you're talking about the intricacies of those positions, and you know what, kind of like I love those positions. So when I see a boring match, but they're scrambling a lot, and most people are saying like this is boring, like. I actually kind of love it because I love seeing who's going to do what, what they're going to do next, that kind of stuff. But yes, there are definitely some people like who lock in the crotch and just try to stall it out, right? Or who grab an ankle and they don't make an attempt to move. So yeah, I could definitely see that be called for stalling. But you very, very, very rarely see someone get called for stalling when they're actually under attack. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like if someone's oh, yeah. trying to shoot and they're blocking out, you get called stalling there. But if someone's shooting and getting to the legs, but they're not finishing, you so rarely see that get called for stalling, which I think it should be. I think it is stalling. You know, you're right. It's a great point. If, if you're under attack, but 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 you haven't blocked, like, it's like it's like good defense gets stalled for calling quicker than bad defense. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean for sure because you know I think the refs are thinking, well, the onus is on the offensive man to score. But right, but what is the difference there between when they can't get to their legs and score, and when they can get to their legs and then still not score? What's the difference? I'll tell you the difference, Ben. I'll tell you the difference. There is none. You're right. It's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. Um, And so you know, I I saw this. Levon Mays is another guy who he he got in a handful of these. God, who was he wrestling? Someone that had pretty solid defense, and it was like, well, he got on his legs three or four or five times, and. And there was no stalling because he was actually getting to his legs. The refs were like, "Well, he should finish it." But absolutely it's tough. So that's a good one. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Tommy. I like that a lot. That could definitely uh, could definitely be called for stalling more often. And so um, it would move on. And the, and the other huge change this year, besides the rules, huge, huge. 
It's huge. <laughs> hey, listen, do you, have you heard about this reporter falling for uh, assault? Did you hear this story? I read I read the headlines today. I didn't get to read okay. the article. So it's pretty ridiculous. Well, for, so, By the way, speaking of, speaking of headlines, we've got to talk about John Jones, too. Oh, God. I don't even want to bother. Uh, okay, <laughs> but this assault thing. Before we get on to the next rule change, or uh, I'm sorry, next provision was the, the dual meet championships. I want to talk about that. So this Trump thing. So apparently... One of Trump's campaign people grabbed this reporter by the arm, right? Right. But there's three three videos. So all he did was grab her by the arm to stop her from approaching Trump. But there's three videos, none of which show that actually happening, right? So none mm-hmm. of the video evidence corroborates what she's saying. On top of that, he just grabbed her arm to stop her from getting closer, right? Which I guess was what his job was, apparently. Right. Um, but... I mean, are we in the day and age where grabbing someone is assault and then there's three videos and none of them it corroborates? I mean, is this the lady just looking for attention or what's her deal? Yes, we are in that day and age. Oh, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't get to read much about it, but based on the details, it's another litigious, yeah. a very litigious interpretation, you know, of of how the world, how we work in the world. Yeah. And in America, in America. You know in Thailand there's no liability lawsuits? Really? You want to hear my story about it? Yeah, I do. So one time I'm over in Singapore and I go up to uh, Phuket, I think. We went to some islands, my wife and I. And you know we're doing this little booze cruise. I don't drink, right? But it's a booze cruise and all these people are hammered. And they say, oh yeah, just jump off that thing and then climb up that rock and then do a cliff dive, right? And so I'm thinking, well, first of all, are there any sharks in these damn waters? And so apparently there's no sharks in Thailand, which is fantastic. <laughs> I am very fearful of sharks. Okay. Then, so I get, I swim over to this thing, right? And I start climbing up and I'm thinking like, damn, this is kind of hard. Like, and I'm not, I'm not drunk like half these people are. And I'm a freaking world-class athlete, Tommy. And you, you sure are, my man. <laughs> and I'm struggling to climb up this thing. And it's like this jagged, gnarly rock. Right, and I'm thinking like, is this guy an idiot? One of us is gonna fall and break our arms and sue him, right? So I get up, jump off, swim back to the boat, whatever. I'm like, dude, aren't you worried someone's gonna sue you? That's just a freaking lawsuit waiting to happen. He's like, there's no liability lawsuits in Thailand. They don't. They literally don't exist. If you choose to do something, it's your fault. Is that crazy? They don't exist. (laughs) That sounds great. I think that you know, I you know. I guess I would say I'd lean more that way, but I think the consumer needs some kind of uh, some kind of protection, at least just a little bit, maybe. Yeah, so. I think if it's egregious and and, and complete <laughs> negligence, you could get some type of liability. I sure, think, but sure. for the most part, it's like you know, drinking alcohol is bad for you. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes are bad for you. Don't do the bad stuff. Got it. Oh, man, Thailand's crazy. You should go there sometime. Um, Okay, so let's get on. The next thing, the next big change this year was the National Duels format, and we talked about this a lot. And I think overall we we got a positive feeling about it, right? I think there's some changes, but I think it's it's a good thing. What do you think? I thought overall it was was good. Better. better better. Better is a more appropriate word than good. Better, better is more appropriate than good, huh? You are your tough customer, Tommy. So I, <laughs> I would I say, better. yeah, I would say that number one, they could promote the event um, significantly more, and the importance of the dual meets leading up to it. Um, number two, I think the Big Ten's got to have some kind, some type of championship um, to where you know I thought Iowa and Penn State should have been the ones wrestling for the title. Um, obviously, Iowa did get beat by NC State, so they lose their argument, right? But going into it, when they're the only two going undefeated... Going into it, it was the right argument, yep. So, no doubt. if the Big Ten has some type of championship duel or some type of format to make sure the best rest of the best... Well, it's no different than a few years ago, we had two SEC teams play for the national title. I forget what, who it was um, in football. And yeah. you try yeah, not yeah. to have that, but if they're the best, they're the best. That's just And that's just how it goes. Um right. Okay, so uh, yeah, so overall, I think that's going to continue. I think if we do that Big Ten championship duel, I think we got a good idea of where we're at. Uh, I am kind of nervous that you know they're going to the non-Big Tens next year, and, and the attendance I don't think is going to be as good. And I think my my idea there would be whoever has the highest attendance gets to host a duel. 
tough luck, boost your attendance, you know? What do you think about I that? like that. I, well, I like the survival of the fittest, too. I also think that we, we go to where the fans are, we go to the eye of the hurricane where the core is, and we build out from there. And, and until the core gets stronger, it's hard to build out. So I think we keep going where the fans are at, build a lot of fervor, a lot of, a lot more fanfare than there already is, and just keep building out from there. It's kind of like I like the fact that we're having the Olympic trials two quads in a row in Iowa City. I mean, it's obviously good for the Hawkeyes, but, you know, hey, if they can fill the arena, they can fill the arena. Sure. Put it in there. I, I, You know, I'm not a Hawkeye fan, but I agree with that one 100%. Right, exactly. By the way, I'm going to the trials, Ben. I know you'll be in Thailand, but I'm I'm watching everything firsthand, so I'll be a great uh, eyewitness for us for the week after yeah, the trials. You, you know, I, I think I should be able to uh, find it online somewhere and uh and i'll be able to watch you know obviously i'm on the opposite side of the clock but i should be able to uh see it somehow or see a portion of it even though i'll probably miss some of it uh and i'm excited i'll be, I'll be able to connect the dots for you we, i think anybody that's listened to all of our episodes knows that you've done that a time or two for me so we'll, yeah, we'll get it done for sure um okay well you want to go to our awards or you got anything else i thought the ncaa championships was was fantastic um did you see that they, they didn't get as good of numbers as they have gotten in the past? It wasn't like a terrible ratings, but it wasn't. Yeah, I did I did see that. And, you know, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think that can be attributed to what's going on in the world on those evenings compared to previous years, things that we just can't track. Like, was there a big Big Ten basketball game on? Yeah. Was there this on? Was there that on? And because I think that in the wrestling community – um. It was as the, the the attention uh, to the to the tournament was every bit as it was the biggest it's ever been. It was the best NCAA championships we've had possibly ever inside our wrestling community. Um, we're in a in a big time media market in New York City. There was no, there was we weren't short of entertainment and great wrestling, and yeah. and the production value and the. Uh, the the investment that ESPN made in promoting the event was no was no worse than last year, possibly a little bit better. So to me, those numbers can be misleading because yeah. our sport's not yet big enough. Our sport is not yet big enough to overwhelm uh, the other things that are going on in the sports world or in our culture on those days. Yeah, which obviously you know, the first round of the NCAA championships for basketball. Um, is that weekend? So sometimes, if you know, if they fall on a on a big game, yeah, you're going to have that uh, that negative. And so, yeah, I agree. Lots of times, and you look at fighting. Lots of times, it's are they going up against the NFL game, right? Are they are they going to be right. a big time college game? And that that makes a huge difference because uh, if you follow ratings for events, that, that's big time competitions, big time. So, uh, which I guess would lend to the idea that you should move the NCAA championships for wrestling off of. What is a gigantic weekend for NCAA basketball because you have 32 first round games and then 16 second round games happening that weekend. The 48 total yeah. basketball games. Yeah, no, it's it's a good thought, and I mean we probably should devote another episode to that. But I, I agree. I thought that it was a great championships. I don't think I, you can't really knock what happened that weekend. It was it was pretty damn good. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go into our awards. So just for so everyone listening at home, we typed this show live. We barely edit anything. Uh, and so we have not voted on these awards. So Tommy and Eric is going to talk these awards Ben, ben the, the, the T-Row and Funky show is the poster child for winging it. <laughs> I think we're pretty good at winging it, by yeah. the way. I mean, you know, we, we've written um, episode plans a few times, but I think... The majority of the time, we just say we're going to talk about this and this, and then you know we get on air and we roll, and that's how it goes. That's what we want. We want this. That's what we want it to be. We want we want people to feel like they're sitting in our living room with us. Maybe a cold one, maybe not. Depends on what you prefer. And just hanging out, talking about wrestling. That's how we want the show to be. Yeah, and I know I could be wrong, but I think uh, I think it comes off a little more legitimately. If you know we don't have scripts and we don't know what the other one's going to say, because I don't always know what you're going to say, you don't always know what I'm going to say. So um, I think that comes off a little more legitimate to everybody. So let's go. Let's right. go on these uh, awards. So I think I think the first one or two might be a little easier, and then we kind of got some a little bit of off the cuff awards, um, a little different than what a lot of other people give. So yep. 
We got Wrestler of the Year, which the Hodge Trophy was given out yesterday. It was given to Alex Deringer. That was who I voted for. I voted him first and Zane second. Um, and my reasoning was just that they had very, very similar seasons. Um, you know, we, we talked about this. I think we talked about this last week about how few of close matches each of them had. And I thought that uh, I thought that Alex going two years undefeated and you know obviously three NCAA titles was super impressive to me. Um, so that that was why I voted for him over Zane. Um, so our contenders. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. No, I'm with you, Ben. I, I think that we're splitting hairs here with Zane and uh, Alex. To me, um, I think that I would give a slight edge to Derringer because since we're splitting hairs. Um, Alex's past history, third title, kind of gives me the very, very slight edge over Zane. I do think I would give the slight, very slight edge Zane over Derringer on who had a more dominant season. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But know, I think, I think, I think the career thing. Senior, he was obviously very dominant. Went, I think he went eighty-one and zero in his last you know, eighty-one matches. I don't think he got taken down this year. Um, it's like, how can you not give it to a guy like that? You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, and the other thing with Zane, you got to think about in folk style wrestling is he's just so good on top. And with the new four point near fall, it's so easy to rack up points. Um, right, right. Which would obviously lend you to more, more majors, more tech falls. And Alex, while he's good everywhere, is not nearly as dominant in the top position as uh, yeah. Zane is. And I think, you know, so I agree with you. I agree with Win Magazine. But but by the narrowest of margins, if they had given it to Zane, I really wouldn't have said much other than a very not very passionate. You know, something there's something to be said for you know Derringer getting going, getting three titles. You know what I mean? So you know, I feel I feel the same way. Uh, and you know what? When I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, well, well Zane's going to win it the next two years. But man, you're going to have okay. So listen, you're going to have Jaden Cox going for his third title next year. You're going to have world champion Snyder has got two more years. You got Imar is going to have two more years going for, uh, you know, possibly his third and fourth NCAA title. Um, I mean, you've got some serious contenders in these divisions for the Hodge trophy. It's going to be a lot of fun. No doubt. A lot of contenders. Hey, what do you think of my man, Tom Ryan, uh, in Ohio state wrestling pushing for Snyder to get to Hodge? I just thought, I thought, you know, it's all about, it's obviously, it's not the best wrestler award. It's the best wrestler who actually did that in that season, you know. And with him only wrestling 10 matches and having one pin, which is a huge criteria, I, I find it hard. To yeah, understand. listen, listen, man, you know I'm a Buckeye homer. I see my, I see the wrestling world through Buckeye colored glasses most of the time, but this is one deal where I, I, I just didn't, I didn't see it. You know, it, to me, to your point, it is, you know, Kyle Snyder, I think is the best wrestler in the NCAA, but he didn't have the best season. And, and to me, it's like, um, in football, if some guy came in for the last four games of the year and he rushed for 300 yards a game, should he get the Heisman? My, the answer to that to me is no, no, yeah. he shouldn't. Yeah. But course. he did have the best, he did have the best four games of the year and, Kyle Snyder probably put together the best 11 matches of the year yeah. or whatever he went. But but it, the season's not 11 matches. So, yeah. And you know, I love Kyle. I, I love, I love, you know, even though I disagree with, you know, Kyle getting the Hodge, I love that Tom Ryan is that guy for his athletes. Huh. And I love, you know, I love that Ohio State Wrestling was pushing for it. You know what I mean? For sure. And you know what? When you look at it, uh, Kyle Snyder. So, wait, so are we voting for Alex as our uh, T Rome Funky Wrestler of the Year? I am voting for Alex the T-Rone Funky Show rest of the year, but I just want to disclaim second, the fact that... I second that, that motion. Okay, great. So he is. I just want to disclaim the fact that if any of our viewers say, hey, Zane should have won it, I'm not really going to be too <laughs> mad about them saying that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if they say Snyder or... Um, who's the other guy that won it? Nishan. 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 I'd be like, you know, these guys are animals, but it, it's really it's really it was a two-horse race to me. Yeah. Um Okay, so, you know, the other thing about Kyle when we're talking about him in the next couple of years is that dude doesn't turn or pin anybody. So he is going to have a hard time getting that hot. I mean, he's going to take every so, one of these so, heavyweights so, down like 14 times. So here's my, question, here's my question to you, Ben, because this is something that I did think about. 
Sure. So we we all we both agree that Snyder should not have won the Hodge. It's a pretty universal opinion by you and I. Mm-hmm. We're not really I'm not really conflicted over it. But I will be conflicted at this. So let's say Snyder wins the Olympics. He goes sure. he goes eleven and zero next year. Eleven? He's he only having eleven matches next year. Yeah, I think he'll keep doing. I think he'll keep doing international. Really? Um, yeah, I do. I do believe that. Wow. Um, I think that's. How, I think. I think that's why he will continue to wrestle in college. Wow. And he goes eleven. He goes eleven and zero next year. Wins the title. Doesn't get the hots. Wins the world again. So now his senior year of college, he's the two-time world champion, Olympic champion, two-time NCAA champion, undefeated. If he goes eleven and zero his senior year, and wins his third title. Do you give it to him? That's like a Danny Hodge record, thirty-three and zero in your last three years. <laughs> uh, I think you. I think at some point you do give it. Danny to him. Hodge was like thirty-seven and zero or so, something. You know, they just didn't have a lot of matches right. back then. No, you know what? I, I would have a hard time giving it to him under those circumstances. And, even know, then, even then, because it doesn't. It at no point in the criteria for the Hodge Trophy does it factor in off-season accomplishments. It doesn't. Okay, so he's still third title, probably his last thirty. Does he beat Boltukayev or no in the in the in the interim? He beats Boltukayev, and then Boltukayev tested positive for roids after he beat him. You know, well, he was like eleven and two this year because he did lose to Boltukayev and Gabsalov, I believe. Um, That's true. He only went eleven and two. I think you're right. (laughs) Maybe like (laughs) seventeen and two or something. Uh, No, but okay, but. If your circumstances happen, listen, I, I still have a hard time giving it to him. He's still only wrestling 11 matches. And then, likely, out of those 11 matches, he's probably not going to pin anybody. Okay, but he's still going to be the most dominant wrestler, I think. And I Is think he? under those Is he going to take him all down 14 you times? You know what? We're, we're doing the hypothetical deal. We're reading tea leaves. But I would give it to him his senior year if he still if he still did what he did. What if, if he did has the a plan, bunch of pins? Or Imar has a bunch of pins? I still think you give what it to the two-time world title, Olympic champion. What if Imar wins his fourth title and has a, a buttload of pins and tech falls? Gosh, that's a good point. That's Ooh. a good point. Yeah, I so don't I, know. You're right. And who knows? And, you know, if, if if he's still giving minimal time to college wrestling, maybe he's not that crazy about the Hodge Trophy. I mean, I know when I was I, in college. I don't think he is. I, had I don't think he is. It was something I wanted to right. win. And so, you know, and I knew, I knew honestly, Tommy, don't knock me for this. Okay, don't get mad at me. But I said, Coach Smith, Cole Conrad is going to pin a lot of people. I'm going to attend this other open tournament, both my junior and my senior year. Right? And he was like, come on, Ben. I'm like, nope, I'm going. I'm putting up stats, Coach Smith. And, <laughs> and in two years. I don't think that's bad at all. Why, and, why do you think I would knock that? Okay, in two years at this tournament, I went 9-0. Uh, I'm sorry, 10-0 with nine pins. And I think my other win was like twenty-one to eight or something like that. I'm not knocking that. I think okay. that's great. I think that's great. I I don't think it's great when Coach Smith forfeits um, Tyrone Woodley to you so he can win the scuffle. But that was my sophomore year, I believe. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, anyways, you know, yeah. I mean, that's good stuff. I'm disappointed I didn't win the Haas, but anyway, that's another story. So let's go to the next award. Okay, Coach of the Year. So we got Kale Sanderson, Kevin Dresser, Pat Papalizio. And I just, you know, I don't think he's in contention this year, but I figured who better to throw on there than my coach, Brian Smith. Those are your four. What do you got, Tommy? What do you got on it? Well, they all had great seasons, but I think, and I kind of went off on this last week, but I think Kevin Dresser, six All-Americans, a trophy for the ACC, coming home with a trophy, ACC champions. He returns a truckload of talent. He's in the hunt for the national title. This is the guy that took over a program that was completely decimated, decimated. by Tom Brand's Tom Brand's departure. All the got Morningstar, Metcalf, Slayton, they all went to Iowa with him. Decimated the program. He comes out of the woodwork, and now Virginia Tech's where it's at. To me, that is coach of the year. Yeah, I you know what? And honestly, Tommy, last week, if you would have uh if you would have asked me the exact same thing last week. Uh, I would have said Pat Papalizio. But then you made this point last week why Kevin Dresser should get it. And I actually totally agree with you. So last week, if you would have just randomly asked me, I would have said Pat Papalizio. But you made your case last week. I agree with that case. So I am also going to go with Kevin Dresser. So I think we got uh, an agreement there also. Boom. 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 Thank you for believing in me. We're making wrestling great again, Ben. One vote at a time. 
All right. <laughs> then, now, we're, now we're getting a little more fun. Those are kind of boring. Um, yeah, yeah. Comeback of the year. And I hope I didn't miss, you know, I don't watch every match like Christian Piles, but I think I got a good <laughs> idea. I mean, I think Christian Piles literally watches every single collegiate match that happens. That's possible. <laughs> Or That's why he knew that NC State deserved to be ranked higher than or, um, oh, NC gosh. State deserved to be ranked higher than Brazil. Oh gosh! Don't even get me started. <laughs> Who finished higher than NCAA's CP? <laughs> <laughs> All right, there so, you go. So we got our comeback of the year. So here are our nominees, and so this one, you know, it can kind of be it could be in the match, it could be a tournament, it could be a season, it could be it could be a lot of things, right? Right, right, right. So here's here's your five nominees, Tommy. So got it. Number one, I got Penn State going from seventh last year to first this year. You know, they kind of richer a few people. People kind of were like, oh, what happened to Penn State? Boom, they come back and win. Number two, you got Nishan Garrett DNPing last year, bumps up a weight, comes back, wins the title. Boom. You got Zach Epperly loses first round at the NCAA tournament, wins seven in a row to take third place. Boom. Tim, boom. Tim Dudley. <laughs> Matt McCutcheon at the Penn State OSU match. I can't remember how many McCutcheon was down, but I remember it was a whole bunch. Comes back and wins at the buzzer. Boom. And then I did not see this match, but I actually got this one off Twitter. George DiCamillo was down 11-2 to to Jamal Morris in the ACC semis and came back and won 14-13. to So those are your five nominees. Who do you got, Tommy? I don't know. Can I add one? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I've got. It's only. A, I only have a piece of the story. But where did Bryce Meredith go before he transferred to Wyoming? Bryce Meredith was at NC State. He was a teammate and a backup of Kevin Jack. So to me, that's a comeback because he leaves NC State partly because he can't beat Kevin Jack. He 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 goes he goes to a program that's not quite yet as established as Wyoming. Gets on the lineup. Gets a 14 seed, 14 seed, and at the national tournament, he beats Kevin Jack. Is that more of a breakthrough than a comeback, or is that is that a comeback? You're right. It's probably a breakthrough. Okay, we don't have that man. category. Well, we can make that category and give it to Bryce Meredith. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right, so Bryce Meredith, my, my, you are think, our breakthrough wrestler I of the year. Think, I think, out of the five you mentioned, I think Nishan, DNP at 25, bumping up a weight, and being the number three ranking for the Hodge Trophy, in my opinion, um, for the year, I think that's comeback. Okay, so I'm gonna say Penn 40. State. I'm gonna say Penn State seventh to first. No, because oh, we oh have, you're saying no. Okay. I'm saying no. Say, wah, wah, wah. We had Rutherford on. You know, we they had some red shirts. We knew they were gonna be good. Yeah. that was yeah. McCutcheon Dudley. Dudley blew it more than McCutcheon went and got him. Dudley was like brain dead, which, you know, it didn't happen in the NCAA tournament, so good for him. He fixed it. Um, D. Camillo, I'm going to say he shouldn't have been down 11 2 to Jamal Morris because he was seated significantly higher than him and ranked significantly higher than him. Right. So for me, the final two are, like you said, Nish- Nishan DNPing to the title. Um, you know, I think that's a big moment when you DMP and as a dominating junior. to the title. Yeah, dominating. yeah, you're right. All year dominating. I mean, but you know, when you DMP as a junior and you've been so close as you know, he's in the finals as a sophomore, um, and I believe he took third as a freshman. Uh, I mean, that could be that's a defining moment. You can say, "Damn, I suck," and pack your pack it's a, your yeah, crap it's a, and give it's up. It's a crossroads. It's, it's a crossroads. crossroads for sure. And and then you know, Zach Epperly losing first round at NCAs is the same kind of crossroads, right? You can say, "Damn it, I lost first round." I'm packing my crap, and there, there were, you know, Evan Henderson for one, packed his bags and went home. Um, and there's a lot of people you see do it. Coach Smith, Brian Smith, always talks about it. Like, dude, you got to wrestle hard in the wrestle backs because some of these dudes, they're ready to go home, and they really are. So for me, Epperly losing first round, coming back seven straight is like, it's so it's pretty close. awesome. It's pretty awesome. But I, I'm gonna agree with you, Nashawn DNP to. Uh, a dominating title run. That's that's it for me. So we, All right, we baby. So we're, we're in agreement. And we made up a category. We gave Bryce Meredith the breakthrough wrestler of the year also. Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> you want to hear a funny story about losing? For, you, want, you want to hear a funny story about losing in the first round and getting third? So my senior year of college, J.D. Bergman. J.D., um, oh, yeah. Who's a, uh-huh. who's a, he's a household name in the wrestling community now, but at the time he was a freshman. 
blue chip recruiter. I think he had maybe 13 or 14 losses. He's like 20 and 13. We all knew he was good. He loses in the first round to B.J. Pat um, in overtime. Uh, B.J. Pat will see like fourth or fifth from Nebraska. And I'm a senior, you know, so now J.D. and I are, are really great friends. But at the time, I'm a fifth-year senior going for my second national title. He's a freshman ranked, true freshman ranked, you know, 20th in the country. And I'm trying to pump him up after he lost the first round. I said, J.D., you can do this, man. You can you can come back here. You can win, you know, seven or eight matches and get third. And he looked at me, and J.D.'s just, you know, the most kind-hearted guy. But at the time, he's an 18-year-old kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, J.D., you can you can do this, man. You can do this. And he goes, I, I know. I, I did it at Tournament of Champs when I was 10 years old. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's definitely the reason you can do this, since you did it once when you were 10, which is such, you know, you know, it, it wasn't maybe quite as bad. He did oh. actually say that, but it wasn't quite as bad but it just showed the the youth of the the youth of it you know i can do it i've done it before and i can do it doesn't matter that i was 10 at the tournament of champs i've done this before and you know what the guy did it That's came great, back and man. got third i'm That's sure you remember funny. that i remember yeah yeah i remember i actually i remember um his parents actually asked me uh about him wrestling as a true freshman in fargo that year uh because i had actually competed against jd i was a red shirt he was a senior in high school and we wrestled at 185 pounds in the true second match at Fila Juniors. Did you know that? At, at, at Tennessee Chattanooga. Yep, and exactly. And that, that's, the, that's the first time I ever met you. That's where I shook your hand and met you. Ha, and I beat him 7-6. to six. And then his parents were like, they're, th- they're going to start him next year. You think he's ready? I'm like, ah, he'll do fine. And then, you know, I didn't know he was going to take third. I figured he'd, he'd do okay, though. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so... Pretty funny story, though. You can do this, man. You sit down at the floor at the NCAA tournament, you know. Tournament of champions, baby. I did it at the tournament of champs when I was 10. <laughs> those, are about, those are about on the same level. Tournament of champions, NCAA tournament, same thing. Why not? That's right. That's right. That's right. What else do we got? All What's right. our next award? Event of the year. And, I, you know, I couldn't think of more than three that could be legitimately considered under this category. So the three are. Uh, this is tough. This is really tough. Between and I, two and my I, yeah, I think there's I think there's two. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Penn State versus Ohio State in there because I love what Kale does with the Bryce Jordan Center. Um, it's right. a fantastic event. But you're right, they're third place. Can we just say that? Yep, they're okay. third, and 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 a good third, a solid third, a solid third. They do a great job. Major uh, props to Kale for sure. And I know I hope more people take note of that. Um, but right. the, the final two. Are the NCAs at Madison Square Garden or the grapple on the gridiron, which was uh, Oklahoma State versus Iowa? Um, both I, fantastic I events. I am really convinced. I am convicted on this, man. I am. I'm struggling. Why? Let's all hear right. it. Why? Why are well, you struggling? All right. All right. So, so you got the grapple on the gridiron, which was the greatest um, promotion, making making something from nothing. Yeah. Um, in, 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 in the history of our sport, in my opinion, um, in, in, in a single event. And to have 40-some thousand people outdoors in a collegiate football stadium um, is, is cool, man. I mean, the, the photos, the environment had to have been awesome. To me, that, you know, when, when you talk about event of the year, like, I feel like we should be giving credit to the innovation and the, the the foresight and the ability to create something that 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 is new and and pushes the sport to new heights. You know what I mean? For sure. And so, so a big part of me thinks that that should be event of the year. That being said, I think we watched the greatest NCAA wrestling championships in the history of our sport. It was in Madison Square Garden, sold out, uh, electric electric finals. And the greatest NCAA championships we have ever had. So, by the same token, I think that it was probably more exciting to watch the NCAA finals. Probably more exciting to be in the arena. But what happened at Grapple with the Gridiron is is it's it's incredibly unique. It's much more rare than what happened at NCAA's. If that makes sense. Yep, and uh, you know what? I agree 100. percent And the other thing I was thinking about. So I so I'm guessing you're going for Grapple on the Gridiron. I'm going to go for Grapple on the Gridiron 
similar to the way we went for Derringer over Rutherford. Okay. Um, well, this, I mean, way. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on it if you want it to be in Civil Ace. No, I, you know what, I feel the same way. And, and you know, I was thinking the other thing about this, this vote here is, if we vote for the NCAA championships, who do we give the award to, right? And <laughs> I think it's true. gonna be freaking hilarious if we. Uh, Send Tom Brands a plaque and he puts it up on his wall for the end of the year. I think we should. I'm gonna, we should send when we send him the letter. We should ask him to put it on the wall, get a picture with it. That would be awesome. So yeah, I think uh, you know, I I think like you said, I think the NCAA championships were the best NCAA championships we've seen in a while. But as far as thinking outside the box, creating a new event from nothing, um, you got to go with grapple on the gridiron. And I really, 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 really hope. That uh, either Iowa does this again or someone does this again next year. I think uh, it won't surprise me if Tom Bryan's got something up his sleeve. Um, he's got a lot of support from the athletic department, um, and 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 during the football season, if if anything, Buckeye in oh, this town. Oh, I got it, Tommy. You ready for this? Are you ready, ready. for this? I'm ready, man. What do you got for me? Ohio State versus Michigan. On a wrestling mat, Friday night under the lights, before the Ohio State Michigan game. Boom! What do you Huge. think? How many? Eighty thousand? Eighty thousand? It could be huge, but you would need you would need both athletic departments to promote it in a way that you know they they've got to be invested. I don't think the wrestling community could could drum up forty thousand. You need the athletic department, yeah, of course, to be involved in it. But you know, Michigan. Well, you got a bunch of naked college girls going to swim in that pond the night before. They're swimming in the pond, you know. We, Just we tell do them to other... come to the wrestling match and then go swim in the pond. No big deal. Ohio, yeah, the university, Ohio State University, takes on Michigan in a blood drive the week of the Michigan donate blood. And I feel I don't know the stats, but Ohio between both schools they donate like more blood than east there is on east of Mississippi, <laughs> and uh, so. So there's all kinds of stuff. You're right. That would be great. You can make we some donate blood posters. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you can find a picture of a Michigan or an Ohio State guy bleeding, right? Just said, yeah, of course. Donate blood, and then it's a Michigan guy bleeding. Show up to the match. I'm in. I think that could work. You know, I think Kale's going to do something. I could see uh, I could see Zeke Jones with Oklahoma the weather down State. in Arizona. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma I, State. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that Zeke would have, quite yet, would have the... the, the um, Attendance necessary to put on an event, you know, because if you get if you get five thousand at football stadium, it's going to look ridiculous. But five thousand oh, yeah. arena looks good, so you got to consider that too. You get it's got to be a place where they're going to get. If you don't get twenty thousand, you're going to look ridiculous. Yeah, you do have to get about twenty. You need to fill up that end zone area. Yep, for sure. Okay, so we so got grapple on the gridiron. Grapple on the gridiron. Not by a nose there, but you know, NCAA championships was awesome. Is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. All right, match of the year. So we got what? We got two categories left because um, the last one we're kind of combining into one. Um, mm-hmm. So the the second to last category would be match of the year, and I'll let you if you want to nominate one that's not up here. But I think I think I have four very good, uh, and three of them are yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead. Three I, I are, like your nominees. Okay, so we got Nolf IMR three, which in my opinion was the best of of the three. Uh, Snyder Gwiz, Myanmar Nickel, three or four, 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 right? Is it four? Yes, it's four. Um, and then Brewer versus Garrett, number one at the Vegas Cliff Keen. That was a great match. Good call on that. So what do you got? So I got Snyder Gwiz, and the reason being is there's three reasons. One. It was for the NCAA title. Now we have two other matches that same, but that's one reason. Two, it was the most exciting NCAA final, for me at least. And I think uh, most people would argue that. And three, I think it was the, the best, it was the most world-class wrestling match of the college season, in my opinion. But they were heavyweights, though, so doesn't that take something away? It was world-class heavyweights. <laughs> I know what you're getting at. And I don't like it. That's like saying that's like saying world class midgets playing basketball. Come on, come on. <laughs> let's get rid of the weight. Let's get let's just get rid of the weight classes and make you real happy, Ben. <laughs> Anyways, it was it was two world class. 
I mean, I thought it was world class wrestling. Yeah, it was at 100%. that at in at that weight class. So for that, I give it to Snyder Quiz. I thought Imar Null three was was probably number two for me. Um, number three would be Nickel Mymar, and number four would be Nishan and Brewer. But sure. that was probably the best regular season match. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree 100%. I don't think they're... You know, maybe we should set up, separate these categories next year between match of the year, NCAA tournament match of the year, um, regular season. Cause that, that, I think that that's fair. I think that's fair because what's at, stake, what's at stake just influences your decision so of much. Course, you know what I mean? Of course. And so, yeah, I mean, I give it Snyder Gwiz. I, I don't think it's competitive. That was that was as good as IMR Null for... Uh, that was the main event of the night. That was the match everyone was waiting to see. We didn't get to see it more than one time. There was so much on the line. Um, it was two undefeated guys. It was, you know, it was exactly what we wanted it to be. So yeah. So we, I, do we do do we do two plaques for this? No, the winner gets it. Oh, the winner gets it. So the okay. winner goes to spoils. All right, got it. Hey, we're we're cutting down on our expense budget for the, for the podcast. Good job. All right, last one, which I you know I had trouble with this category. We need more of these in the sport. Um, and maybe I'm missing someone. But performer slash personality of the year, which I, I say could be a wrestler, coach could be anything. Um, and my final four, and you know, feel free to add someone if you think, but Sammy Brooks, Isaiah Martinez, David Chirau, and Bryce Meredith. Um, all for different reasons. What do you got on that one? I like them all. I like them all. I think you could add Kevin Dresser because of his commentary with brands that made sure. him kind of a polarizing figure in the sport this year. I think you could add T. Rowe and Funky. <laughs> so I think we're changing Ooh. the game. <laughs> um, man, I think you could add Martin Floriani for stirring the pot with the NWCA. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But, you know, on, honestly, I really like the David Terrell kid story you know the only thing the only reason i don't want to say it is because it was relevant for one weekend i wish yeah yeah. we knew about him and and everything in the beginning of the year you know what i mean so i'm kind of struggling with this because i like the david terrell story and it makes me want to say he's the performer of the year but i also want to give it to someone that's been on the radar all year well but the, the other thing that he did not have working for him is he went to american university right um, yep. And I actually did a little piece on his on his story on my Facebook page, which his story is fantastic. But can you think about how much more? I love your video. I watched it, by the way. It was it's a crazy story, right? Yeah, it was crazy. But crazy. just think about how much more acclaim this guy would have been getting if he went to Iowa or Oklahoma State or Penn State. I mean, oh, right? yeah. we would we wouldn't have been able to stop hearing about this guy on the freaking message boards. So no, to no doubt. A certain extent, it's not entirely his fault. That um, you know, wrestling's very picky with where you are, right? Oh yeah. I mean, no so doubt. That's a huge part of the puzzle. Um, you know, the other thing is he gave a pretty good interview at NCAs. Um, Sammy Brooks, what I think would be the interview of the year, would you know to most people's. Yeah, it is. It is the interview of the year. No one would argue that. And I thought Bryce Meredith because like. What wrestle looks like that dude was trying to look like a freaking model. I mean, Zach he, he might have had some makeup on. He definitely did something with his eyebrows. His hair was all fancy. I mean, what kind of wrestler does that? But I'll give him some props. He went out. He went out on a limb. He did. So who you got? Who you got? Wait, I, I didn't talk about Imar. Um, I think Imar oh, yeah. actually. I think, you know, it's a pretty simple wrestler-like interview, but I think he always gives a really good interview. I thought the flow piece they did on him was fantastic, and I knew him a little bit prior to that, but that kind of made me that made me cheer for him a lot more. That relationship with him and his dad, um, and then obviously his father passed away this year, um, and then the relationship with him and Mark Perry, I, I think is very interesting to me. Um Shoot, so it's either him or David. You just, you just you just sold me on IMR, by the way. Okay. Even if even if that's not what you were trying to do. Well no, that's I mean, that's I think that's that's I mean, and so every time he gets interviewed, which is obviously when we talk about spotlight, him versus David Rao, he was returning undefeated national champ, the only one to go undefeated as a freshman since Kale. So he spotlight was on him a hundred percent of the time this year. Um and you know what we and got he, to, and he handled it well. He, he Yeah. 
gave he gave us he gave juice. You know, he provided he provided um, something to, to something to watch, something to talk about, something to listen to every time the spotlight was on him. And yeah. and he had you know he had an ad- adverse conditions outside of his wrestling life this year for sure. Something I've never had to deal with. And inside and, his um, wrestling life, he had adversity too. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I think you give it to Imar, and I'm glad we found a way to give this guy an award because <laughs> take 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 the Buckeye uh, Homer out of me. Imar is my favorite wrestler in college wrestling. Really? Still is. He, yeah, he was by the he was he was after I watched him beanbag Dylan Ness all over the mat at the Big, big <laughs> Ten last year. <laughs> Ever since then, he's been you know, and I love Dylan Ness. I'm, I, that wasn't yeah. a cut on him. Just the way that he wrestled that match. Uh, Imar did. Ever since then, he's been my favorite wrestler, and it hasn't stopped. I think Dylan he, he Ness just brings something been. to the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Dylan Ness would have been the personality of the year last year, probably. What do you think? I love Dylan Ness. I feel bad that I said it that way, but anyways, Imar wrestled really well against Dylan Ness, and ever since that, I liked him. And yeah, it's just he brings something to the table every match. All right. Well, that wraps it up, Tommy. I'm going to get these awards made. I'm gonna I'm gonna send off for the order before Asia. So, All right, yeah. So you guys call listening, up, call, up Jesse, call up Jesse. He'll pay the plaque people, and we'll move from there. Nice. Um, so next time we talk, we'll be talking about the U.S. Olympic trials, but I'll be talking about them out of Singapore. Boom, so, boom. That's global. Boom. We're going global. We got fans in the UK. We're recording in Singapore. That's boom. global enough for me. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just tweet us if you're listening from somewhere outside of the United States. We want to hear about you because we want to be on that world map. <laughs> That's right, baby. All right, Tommy, you have a great night. You too, brother. See ya. See ya. You are listening to the T. Rowan Funky Show and it is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you've built. Tommy, I got to say, I-, I tried these products. He shipped me a box. Uh, I love them. I've, I've had, uh, if you know me, you know I had, I've had ringworm issues for a long time. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to putting these in my repertoire and, and hoping uh, the ringworm does not come back ever. No doubt, Ben. And to top that off, the company was created by wrestlers. Guy Seiko wrestled at Cleveland State University. His son was an All-American in Virginia, so these people really get it. They know what the wrestling community needs. You're listening to the T-Row and Funky Show, brought to you by All Force Nutrition. Ben, I don't know a whole lot about the founders here, but it's I, I gather it's a wrestling wrestling family, wrestling company up up in the North Country where you're at. Tell us a little bit about All Force Nutrition. Tommy, All Force Nutrition was started by the Zilverberg brothers out of Minnesota. They are wrestling people, and they made these supplements for wrestlers. Uh, you know, they graduated with uh, degrees from the University of Minnesota, and this was kind of their dream to to put together some very healthy uh, and good tasting. You know, I, I've had some myself lately supplements for wrestlers to use that that fits their their needs and these products are great i'm using them myself right now check out allforcenutrition.com made for wrestlers by wrestlers go ahead and support them